My dearest Spencer. Yes, sir? I would like to regale you a tale from Alan Moore's Jerusalem. Hold on, let me get the pillows and the blanket for the night. <laughs> because some people don't seem to understand why I'm having such difficulty finishing this book, I would like to read you the opening of the chapter, Round the Bend. This chapter deals with Lucia Joyce, which is James Joyce's daughter, who was in an insane asylum. She had schizophrenia, and this chapter is written in a very Finnegan's Wake-esque fucked upness. It's It's very difficult to... Now, did Joyce actually have a daughter? I think, yeah, she was a dancer. She was a real person. Okay. I thought or maybe if she had a daughter, but wasn't the, this wasn't like, you know, maybe she was named something else and just, you know. Correct. Made a fictional, you know, daughter. That would have been probably a better move on Alan Moore's <laughs> part, but he didn't do that. And he says some salacious things later on about this woman and James Joyce's family, and I don't know if it's true or not. I've only like five pages into this chapter. You'll see why, but let me. Oh, a, w- a week into the chapter and you're five pages. <laughs> let me. Uh, read the first paragraph or so, and then you know we could judge it based on that. Now this is so they know this is actually the. Readable. No, 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 no. Just let me read. Oh, it. okay. Just okay. Let me read it, and we'll have a re- revelation. All right. Round the bend, awake. Lucia gets up with the rising of the light. She is a puzzle, sure enough, as all the nurses and doctors would affirm, but never a crossword these days. Depending on her medication and on every working grim pill's progress, her arousal from drowse is like a spring. A babbling brook that gurgles up amidst the soils of sleep, flashing and glittering to meet the morning sun. Confined in this location now, she gushes and runs jingling from her silt and sooty bed, pouring her heart out down the hillside and away across the old landscape to a madhouse breakfast. Ah, what a performance. Practice and plausible. A plausible applesauce. There's a reason I said that. She clasps her hands over her ears to drown out all the dreadful wailing and the sorry implications of her family. With her bunions all complaining, she escapes the settee of distraction and begins her everyday pilgrimage towards redemption or towards the holy sea, towards the tranquility of night. Spooning the tussled egg into her scrambled head, she dwells as ever on the past now. Now, just that alone is challenging. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate what he did there. It's very lyrical. Um, again, like a Finnegan's Wake-esque. Uh, but I enjoy that, like... A whole chat that's 47 pages long, so that's difficult to get into. But let me reveal something to you, Spencer, and to the listeners. That is not the chapter around the bend. That is the translated version I found. Alan Moore's chapter, opening chapter of Round the Bend, goes as such. And this is also English. Something that was English, already in English, yeah. needed it to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let me reread what I just read but the actual Jerusalem version. This is the version I started reading and had immense trouble getting through, I don't know, five or six pages. Awake. Lucia gets up with the rising of delight. She is a puzzle, sure enough, as all the nurses and the doctors would affirm, but never a crossword these days, depending on her medication and on every working grimple's progress. Her arouse from drowse is like a spring, a babbling book and booger... Fuck. A babbling, such a weird word, not babbling. A babbling book that gurgles up amidst the soils of sleep, flishing and clattering to mate the morning sun. Can find in this location now she gushes and runs, jingling from her silken softy bed, pouring her harp out down the hillside and away across the old manscape to a mod house breakfast. Ah, what a performance practice and applausible. She claps her hands over her ears to drone out all the deadful willings and the sorry implications of horror form lay. With her bunions all complaining, she escapes the city of distraction and begins her ever-daily pilgrimage towards redemption or towards... It's like I have to have mush mouth readers. Or towards the holy sea, towards the tranquility of night. Spooning the tasseled eggs in their scrambled head, she wells a ifer on the past now. Yes. Well, that is technically English. It is written in such a difficult way with the combining of words and letters and sounds. The person who translated that, hats off to God you. God bless you. Doing doing the Lord's work. Now, when I threw in that applesauce and whatever else I said there, he has a lot of things in brackets because the words either can mean different words or he just wasn't sure, so he had different words that it could be. Uh, but there's also like an index or something. 
at the end of this, it has like, you know, for numbers, like footnotes or something. So it's probably going to explain a lot of this stuff, which I'm not going to read any of that. I don't have the time. I'm never yeah. going to finish this fucking book. But good Lord, why? Why are we, why are we doing this, Alan Moore? Uh, like, yeah, that's one just... chapter out of just this whole book, you're just going to write nonsense. And like, wait to the end where you're already battered, tired from the, you already beat it into submission from the book. Like, uh, you can't even do that in the beginning where you have some like gusto and you're just like, yeah, man, I'm going to read this book. A little bit, a little bit of vitality yeah. to get through it. No. You're worn out, and you're at the end of the marathon, and then you look up, and there's a fucking mountain that you got to <laughs> yeah. climb. Now, I want you to pull your giant Bible of that thing out real quick, and look at the cover on that. Look up in the corner. Is that a penis? Yeah, that's a penis. That, that is a penis. Is that what that's supposed to be? That is a man's penis. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is supposed to represent, um, I forget the name already, because I've read it so many times. There's a game that, what are essentially angels, they're called builders. Uh, they play, it's like pool kind of, so that's supposed to be the corner ends, and mm. it, it is a long fucking explanation. There's so much in this book that it, I could never do justice of yeah. a review. I'm not going to ever try. Regardless, this it, this is the book that needs, like, the companion podcast to it. Yeah, it ain't, it's not going to be Oh, us. no, <laughs> yo, no, 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 no. So the fact that Ash and I were going to, like, we had an IRC, we're supposed to do this. I think we only made it, like, a couple chapters. Yeah, what were say, we did thinking? You, did you, yeah, because you didn't even put out any episodes of that, right? Like, or... I put out the first or second, first two maybe, and then I canceled it. <laughs> like, it was too much. We didn't. And that was like that. three years ago. <laughs> yeah, and we did Oblivion to yeah. the climax, you know, to the end. If you folks want to read Alan Moore's Jerusalem, I say do it, but be prepared to spend six months on it. What about going back now? You had your choice to reading it or listening to the Audible version of it but it's being read by alan moore oh i don't i couldn't do that but there is an audible version of that chapter i can't get it because i don't have the audible i'm not paying for another book i already bought the three books in one or whatever but the audible version apparently that chapter when it's written i don't know if i did it justice but when it's read out loud i'd imagine carefully uh you could understand it more because it's very like phonetic or something i'm not sure it was something i saw on reddit but i think uh that that's probably the best way to go I just thought that'd be a fun way to open, but we will get to the episode. No more Alan Moore talk. But if you folks want to bitch at me about not finishing the book, that's why. That would be a big reason. Uh, So stick around, and we have an okay show for you. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Ready Podcast. I am your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Havanan Hooker Humper Church. Hmm. Mm. But realistic. Yeah. You know, I don't think hookers from Havana would be that great. Probably not. With the communism and all, yeah. I just feel like they're not getting paid a lot and they're not going to do the best job. Or maybe they'll try to do the best job and get an extra tip. I don't yeah, know. So maybe, yeah, they're just really committed to their work, like uh, the craft of it. They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it for the love of the game. <laughs> doing it for the passion of hooking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. <sighs> so what were we talking about? Um, you said something about putting French toast up your bum hole. Oh, dude, it tastes so good. Taste? <laughs> yeah. You have taste receptors up there? It's, it, it's like, uh, you know... It's like that episode of South Park where they shove the food up their ass and, you know, shit out their mouth. It's, it doesn't have such a pungent taste coming out when Ew. it's the French toast. What do you think about all day? You sick unit. Nasty. Awful. No, we were supposed to be talking about creative balance, Spencer. Mm. Sounds kind of boring. Sounds stupid, but that's what the fans wanted. That's what all the emails said. That's the yeah. exact topic. Hey, why don't you talk about creative life work balance? And I was like, oh, no, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, that's what they want. <laughs> Actually, I think they'd probably just want to hear us talk about, want to hear us talk about Cuban hookers all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, oh. that's probably would get more listeners. Oh, yeah, but then we'll get in trouble again. Oh, I can't afford all the fines. You'd be fine. Uh, no, that's you a make problem. It, you... I get the fines and I go... Get pay him and go to jail. You you uh you're making all that article money now. What article money? Or you know the uh, publishing. You being you know being public. You know your poems and stuff. You're making. 
Oh, Buku, yeah. Buku's the money off of that, so you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm making all the big money. Hey, if you folks want to read something that I wrote, um, what am I, what did I get published in? I got published yesterday, Monday, the 1st of February. I don't know when this episode drops. I forget, but the 1st of February, I was published in Spank the Carp Literary Journal. Um, I have a short flash fiction story, more like a philosophical musing, but... It has fish in the title, and I felt yeah. like it was a good fit for that magazine. And yes, folks, it is actually a literature thing, not a uh, not uh, not a dirty. I was a little disappointed that it wasn't dirty, but yeah, with the name like Spank the Carp, you thought it was going to be either dirty or at least very humorous, but yeah. it's just a it's just pond themed, mm. which is a little strange. But check it out; it's not a bad. Uh, they don't have them. All right, stuff. They only publish like eight to ten pieces every two months. And usually only one or two flash pieces and a bunch of poems and stuff. So I feel like I at least got in on that. That's pretty good. And don't forget to tell the fine folks that uh, if they do go in there and read your piece to make sure that they vote for it so that it might actually get put into the print edition. Yeah, they have a print anthology that comes out. Uh, They just released the last year's one also this month. So, (coughs) yeah, hopefully I can uh, get in that and then I'll be in print. Da, da, da. That's the big goal, isn't it? Well, I guess the big goal is making like money. Yeah, make lots of money. I've submitted a lot of things and paid a lot of money to get rejected. <laughs> yeah, does that make does that make it better? I don't know. Um, I think if you're running a literary journal and you're not paying anything, you should not charge a fee. Yeah, because that's almost kind of to go back to the hook, and that's kind of like paying for a hook or her taking your money and just like nah. Nah, 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 I'm not doing it. Not in the mood. <laughs> yeah. Got a headache. Like, God damn, I gotta pay my wife to say that. <laughs> right? Yeah, you don't, uh, I don't know. Because some of these aren't cheap either. Like, some are six bucks, some are fucking ten bucks. Like, the most expensive one I did was a contest, which was $18. Uh, but that's a contest. You at least win money if you get that. Uh, some of the ones, uh, you could get, like, the ma- issue of the magazine or something. So, like, that, you know, that's all right. You're getting something for it, but if you're submitting and all you get is, well, it costs you three bucks and you got to wait nine months. And if we do accept it, uh, you get put on our online site thing, like our online journal and congratulations. (laughs) It's like, okay, so what am I paying for? I miss the days when you pay me right, to yeah. give you content. Like, yeah. You pay for, con- oh, we need content. We want to sell magazines. So what do we do? We buy work from writers. And now it's like, no, you pay us. Yeah. Who got him up with that scam? You pay us to print your shit? And we might not even do that. No. Most of the cases, most cases, they do not print your shit. They consider it shit or just don't read it. That's the one that really bothers me. A lot of the ones, um, and usually it's lesser magazines, if they charge a fee and you can, t- like, they give you the generic rejection and yeah. they don't, like, you didn't read it. I know you didn't read it. Because I've been getting a lot of uh, rejections lately where I get, like, feedback and stuff. Like, different stories where it's like, hey, we rejected it, but here's why and why we didn't think it was a fit and stuff. And, you know, most journals don't have to do that, but it's like, oh, you read it, though. I appreciate, like, I don't even need my own back, but hey, you know, it's fine to reject it. I appreciate that you actually said why. Yeah. You know, so it's something I could either fix or just, like, some of them, it's just like, I don't really care for this style of story. Uh, You might have a better, and they'll send, like, a list of places that might be a better fit. I really appreciate that versus the ones where it's like, uh, what was the one um, I think I said you before? It was just like, dear author, thank you for submitting. It was your garbage. Work. Eat a dick. Yeah, it's just like submit your work. I didn't thanks. even say my name, though. Yeah, thanks for submitting your work. It is not good for us at the time. Like That's the shittiest one if you have to pay for that. Bryce, who was on the podcast before, he sent me one where <laughs> it, it was a no rejection or acceptance. It was one that they said, uh, sent him. That they were reviewing the work, which is nice. So they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we've been sitting on this a while, but we are actually reading this, so don't you know yeah. worry. So they had his email right, but it said it was like, dear Megan something or other. Like uh, they gave the wrong uh, author's name. It wasn't even him. It was like, what the fuck? Like how professional was that? So he put the wrong name on the like. Come on, I, I should. If I was him, I would have messaged, like emailed him back and be like, hey, you're printing me now just for that. You're publishing yeah. it. Like you fucked up. You said the wrong name. Now just take my word. But that's just me. I can't wait till you can get into this hardcore, get real irritated, and spend money on this shit. 
Uh, yes, it sounds wonderful. You know what, though? In my experience, it's a lot of the genre ones that actually give you feedback and seem to care about yeah. the work and read it. It's these literary ones that's just like... They're fucking their, their upturned, upturned snoot, uh, snoot, snooty nose, you know, smelling their own farts, you know, thinking they're better than everybody. These get a hose from their butt to their nose. Yeah, yeah Ryan. Fart in a nice wine glass and bring it up to get a good... Not a wine glass, you fucking unsophisticated piece of garbage. A snifter. <laughs> yeah, okay, a nice yeah. snifter to yeah. sniff out of. You don't, Do you know any... That's why you're not high society. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, why would, How dare I think the best method to smell your farts is to fart into a wine glass? What was I you're thinking? You're like in the caveman days. Yeah. You just go in the, like a closed bathroom or closet and put a blanket over your head <laughs> and do the deed. Sick. You get too much... Other scents in there. You got. It's not condensed enough. I don't even use a toilet. I just go in the yard and dig a hole and take a shit. Whoa! I'm sure the neighbor likes that. <laughs> Especially if you go at a regular time. They're like, I'm not gonna look out the window at three thirty. Spencer's home. <laughs> People start believing that it was the dog. And you're sitting there reading like <laughs> yeah. on your phone or something or reading a book too. So you're like out there for forty five minutes over a hole. <laughs> yeah. It's like Spencer has an immaculate squat technique. <laughs> yeah. though. I'll give him that. I don't know how he's able to do that, but he is not falling over. <laughs> And he's not touching the ground either. Uh, we wow! I don't think we've ever veered off topic so hard before. Actually, getting into the topic, <laughs> this might be a record. You know what? Since we're already off topic, this can't be a DBS episode because we had we two had in two, a row. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It do, at this point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I had my writing workshop yesterday, and I did like we needed something like we didn't have any volunteers that wanted to submit their work. So I, because we had one new person anyway, so I didn't really have anything I wanted to submit because the problem is like a lot of the stuff I would submit, you know, for critiques and reviews and stuff are all out on submissions. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want something to get reviewed. And then I find out like, oh, you could do this or, you know, because it's already out there. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's the point? So I submitted, which I normally would never do, uh, unfinished first draft of the story I'm working on, like a very rough draft. Mm -hmm. No criticism, surprisingly. Mm. So that made me feel good because I'm like, oh, I'm in the right direction. Like, apparently it's a really good story so far and very unique. So I'm like, shit, now I got to, like, nail the ending, you know? So I am excited about that because that's one I think I could actually... I'll, I'll probably enter into contest first. And then if I get rejected from the contest, I'll work my way down from higher-end magazines to dog shit ones. Because mm. usually I just do a smattering. Like, if I have, like, a short story or something, it's like, yeah, it's not that great. I'll submit to... You know, you submit to some of the big ones if they're free, just, you know, shits and giggles. But then you submit to, um, like, the lower-end ones, but you try to find the ones that respond the quickest. And then you can, you know, because what's the point of waiting six months to hear a no, you know? Yeah. If it's, like, you know, something you know is probably going to be bad anyway. Uh, but some of the lower-end magazines, they'll publish it just to, you know, publish something. Yeah. Neat content. Yeah. So, anyway, we have a show about nothing. No, no, no. No, creative life balance work creativity Stuff, art, pseudoscience, life, life, liberty, pursuit of shit. Yeah, I, was say, I hope American you're not dream. going with happiness because I don't. That dream died a long time ago. We once had a great man named Benjamin Franklin, and he believed in freedom and happiness. And another fellow, I believe, went by the name of George Washington. And then there was one real daft motherfucker. And his name was William Taft, and he got stuck in a tub because he was fat. Yeah. Uh, then we also had a Grover Cleveland, just a great name, not a great president, from what I can understand. And that then, is a good name. Yeah, Grover Cleveland's a good name. And then we had uh, a young chipper man named Teddy Roosevelt, hard as nose. He was a rough rider. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid the topic because I didn't really think deeply. Usually, I at least try to think if I, you know, have a more serious topic. I try to think deeper on it or during the day for at least 20 minutes before I come on here and just ramble nonsense. Uh, but today they we like, I kind of don't even know how I got to this point, but I did want to discuss something with you, Spencer, um, because I feel like we both fallen into this trap a little bit. You more so than uh-huh. I. So we're going to go in different layers here. Like we normally do. So one, when it comes to like your life balance, like people always think about um, your work, personal life balance or whatever, you know, work-life balance. You work this much, but you should live this much. Okay, that's very broad, and that works for the general public. But what about us creatives, us writers and consumers of fine literature and everything? So we definitely get ourselves bogged down in certain things and ignore other parts of our lives. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah. The main thing I think of uh, for me, because it's 
it's very tricky because it's beneficial things we're getting bogged down with. So if I'm reading a lot, but I'm still kind of neglecting other things in my life, it's like, yeah, you're reading, especially if it's like, you know, Ulysses or things that enrich your life or whatever. That's a good thing, but then it can still be a bad thing, uh, which, you know, we can talk about like movies and TV can fall into that category. But say you're reading a lot or even writing like you're creating something, but you're still ignoring your relationships in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not doing a good job at work anymore because you're too focused on whatever you're, you know, reading or writing. Well, that last one might not be too bad. No, I'm talking about people with real jobs. Oh, okay. You know, if you're like a doctor or, yeah, oh, yeah, or something. Yeah. You have a career. Yeah. Okay, I should have said career, not job. If you're us fucking wage slaves, <laughs> you probably don't. It doesn't matter. I read on the job to ignore the job. <laughs> right. <laughs> I get a lot of my writing done on the job, so that's different. If you're neglecting, especially other life goals outside of the arts, that could be a real problem. And also personal goals, too. Uh, Like we were talking about off air, your body's just as important as your mind, if not more so, because without your body, you're dead. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, reading a lot, writing a lot, if you're an artist and you're, you know, drawing and sketching and stuff, you might be very productive. But if you aren't doing anything physical, you're kind of fucking yourself up for the future, you know? Like, that's not, that's not necessarily a good thing here. And also, it could go the other way. If you're just always in the gym, always working out, running marathons, doing all this shit, well, now you don't have time to do the other stuff. And again, if you're not a creative and you don't care about creating anything, then that's probably fine. Yeah. Because you can just... You, then you're just balancing that with yeah, your work it's and one, personal life. It's one less thing that your time gets divvied into. Yeah, but with us, like, creatives... I just think it's very difficult to find because one, it's hard to get yourself in a good rhythm where you are writing consistently, you are painting consistently, you know, uh, you're submitting work consistently. But when you get to the point where you actually are doing these things, it's like, hey, I'm writing every night for three hours. It's going great. It's like a job. I love it, though. That's wonderful. But then what happens when you start ignoring other stuff to do that? And then it's also like, oh, now this is like a bad mm-hmm. thing. Well, it's like, well, they just like do the math on it. So, like, uh, like you know, you say us the, the the normal folks, you are working eight to nine hours, depending on how your lunch situation might be. Put Let's up. generalize and just bust out sixteen hours out of your day for yeah, sleep, sleep and work. Yeah, sleep and work. Very like, general. You that you know that gives you less than ten hours to do your writing or your reading or your relationships or you know it's very uh, not to mention if you have kids that's like yeah, the big one yeah if you have family dealing with family members and, and stuff like that it's a uh, whoever came up with the 24 hour would, dick yeah like come on you're like 26 27 well I, i'm pretty sure we grumbled about this in the past but you know like medieval peasants only worked like three days a week or mm-hmm. something like every they didn't work very much even though like life sucked back then, it's like, oh, they knew that you had to live versus working all the time. You work to live, not live to work. But now we're in a culture where it's like, oh, you gotta you gotta work just to like, you have to show off, you know, you have to have a nice car and you have to have money and you have to all this shit. But then now we're at a weird point where it's like it doesn't matter because if you work a lot, you're still poor. Yeah, it's like yeah, you literally you're just you you're working just to survive. Yeah, just to survive if you're lucky. But unlike our peasant ancestors who they worked to live, but they were able to enjoy life, you know, as much as they could back then by not working all the time. They only worked when it was needed versus now where it's like we've had it set up. So even if you have a decent paint, a decent quote unquote of like 18 to 22 dollars an hour, let's say when I was growing up, that would have been a lot of money. Now yeah. that's like what the new 13 dollars an hour. Yeah, that's not even like, you know, that doesn't even give you like if you take that and time you know do by the end of the year a lot of a lot of places that's not even a below the living wages of yeah. you know whatever state that's what i'm saying so you if you even if you are working a 40 hour work week if you are single or you have kids or something you're not getting any government assistance let's say that yeah uh like when i was single i made slightly too much money to get uh, government assistance but i and since i don't have kids i couldn't get anything but I was still poor as shit, so I couldn't afford a car. I, like, barely could pay my bills. Like, it was, like, ridiculous. And then we're not even going into rent and all that stuff. But not to get off topic too far, it's just ridiculous that you have to work so much more now to have less than, like, our previous generations had. And then if it's not the time that's the issue, it's the mindset 
and like the creativity is what becomes a problem because like you said you 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 chunk out that time because let's just say like because i don't know about you but like when was the last time you ever got like actual like eight hours of sleep (laughs) that wasn't like maybe like a day on one of your days off yeah and 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 so even if you wanted to be like all right this is gonna be a i'm gonna write today after work i'm gonna get pages done and i'm gonna do some editing and whatever i'm gonna submit some stories that i read and like it's next thing you know you get home from work you 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 uh you know you got cleaned up you got something to eat and like now it's bedtime somehow (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel that hard i want to demonize the fucking grind culture we set in this country uh in the u.s i don't know i i know for our because we have a good bit of listeners in germany thank you for listening um and other countries that are more civilized apparently uh they actually get their holidays all the time like they get vacations and you know they don't have to worry about quitting a job and not being able to have health care and stupid shit like we do in the U- like in the US if you don't have a job with health care you pretty much just die or you know if you have any kind of illness or you go bankrupt all kinds of ridiculous shit like that but uh the the stupid grind culture it's like nah we brag about having six jobs yeah like, like we got a, good- a guy that's like oh yeah i work a full time job i have a part time job i do uber eats on the side I uh, also, you know, I'm a Lyft driver some days. Yeah, the 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 hustle culture. Yeah, well, like we brag about this the grind. It's a grind because it's a grind. It grinds you into nothing, and your life is ruined. I actually saw like it was like a it was either like a real or like a short like Facebook thing. It, it was something about like it was talking about why uh you know we've gone into the, like the different generations about but like why uh Gen Z uh is always like depressed or whatever. And, you know, and part of it was because of, like, it's the first generation where it's, like, it's a known fact, like, you're just going to work till you die. Yep. And then it has, like, and then you have, like, you get on, like, the social media, then you have, like, these top one percenters, like, the gay gay V guys, like, those guys are just like, oh, you gotta do is fucking hustle and grind, hustle and grind, yard sales and shit, like. I hate that shit so much. <laughs> yeah, it's always, uh... Sh- these influencers are always, like, pseudo-shaming you for not working hard enough. Like, it's your fault that you don't get paid enough at work. I don't even want to go into that stuff because it makes me mad. Just reverting back to what we were discussing a little bit ago, um, I feel you when you talk about, like, being super tired because most of the good writing I've done in the last month is when I get home and I'm, like, right before bed, I'll try to get an hour or so, and I'm exhausted. I'm falling asleep, and then I just open the laptop, laptop and surprisingly... I get good words, not just words, good words. But I think that's more just uh, a testament of my dedication over the years and just building myself up to that. So I, I always think, like, what if I was refreshed? Yeah. Like, what if I could just have a week off and then, you know, get up and just write when I'm not tired, when my body is not super sore, when I'm not fucking wiped out? I just think, like, imagine how much, like, if I'm succeeding, in my opinion, at like a 60, 70% level at best. Yeah. What would I do at like 90? Right. Like what could I do if I'm actually feeling good? Because that's like goes with the gym. I'm always sore. So when I go to the gym, usually I'm not very fresh, but I still get really good workouts. But like what if I was like great? Yeah. Every once in a while I'll go and it's just like, you never have one of those days you wake up and you're like, I'm not tired. What the (laughs) fuck? And you like just feel good all day. It's very rare, but. On those days when I go to the gym like that, I'm like doing all kinds of crazy shit. It's amazing, but it's very rare. But like, I don't think I've ever had one of those with my writing in recent years. Both of us have at the the slave wage jobs that we work. We've worked for many years now. Yeah, there's some days where like, oh, like yeah, there was a lot of lot of, like a lot of more extra work than there was normal days. So I was like, yeah, I'm actually kind of like physically tired. But the most of it, and we've talked about this before, is is like the mental drain. Yeah. It's like that, just like, I don't give a shit right now. Like, one of those just like, you know what? I could take a nap now, <laughs> and if I didn't wake back up- It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't- This is this, this, this be okay. It's so sad, but you just get so emotionally depleted that you just don't care about anything. Because yeah, it'll be, it'll be, especially like the last couple weeks, there'll be like days- well, like I said, you know, I get home, get cleaned up, and, like, I don't get any writing done. I don't even get, like, hardly any reading done. I'm laying on the couch. I'm not even really watching anything. Like, there might be, like, reruns of Seinfeld or Office playing. And, like, I just, like, I don't... Do anything. I, I don't do anything. 
And then like hate yourself. Yeah, I hate myself. And then somehow like the next thing I know, like I I I wake up because at some point in time I just passed out on the couch <laughs> and it's like ten thirty and you think oh well what's that and then going to actual bed like oh that, that's some extra actual sleep but no no we get up the next day and it's still just like just terrible and this doesn't even factor in people who have like office jobs and stuff where they're commuting crazily well that too but just constantly using their mind for whatever yeah because at least like our jobs are it's we mostly, could go on autopilot yeah it's mostly physical labor yeah so we just go on autopilot it's not very uh mentally taxing but there's people that you know if you're crunching numbers all day mm-hmm. if you're at a computer all day how do you go home and just like i'm gonna write now like that yeah. would fucking suck yeah spending eight hours star- staring at a screen just to go home and put try to put another couple of hours in yeah i think at least we have that <laughs> we don't have to worry about that problem but i know a lot of people do uh, and then also it goes to like people who have, you know, again, quote unquote, real job where they have a career. Uh, say you're a doctor or lawyer making good money, but you still want to write. Well, good fucking luck when you have to work like right. 80 hours. Like you're because when you have a career, the difference between a career and a job is a career is your life. Mm-hmm. A job is not a job is just so you can survive. A career, though, is like what you do. And you would hope you're passionate about it. And some people are. But I still find a lot of people aren't. Oh, yeah. Like their career sucks. And um, most of them are just like, I want to make enough money where I don't have to, you know, I can just retire early and not do this stuff. But why do we live in a culture where it's like, if you're very lucky, now I would say you're part of the 1% if you can retire by 60 something. Uh, but it's like, why do we have to wait until we're elderly to be able to enjoy any semblance of life and maybe live for 15 more years and then die? If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Yeah, because, you know, I like to fucking climb mountains and shit. But guess what? I'm not doing at 65. Probably not climbing up mountains and shit, no. And that assumes my body holds up well through my manual labor job. Uh, It's just, it's a shit show and it's not fair, but life is not fair. But the problem is we have a society that holds up making money as a priority above all else. Everything. Because I will say this, even though neither of us are religious people, when religion was more of a focus in this country, um, we'll just say like the 50s, okay? First half of the 19th or the 20th century, first half of the 20th century, you had people where it's like, yeah, we have to work and stuff, but religion's still important. So we still have to, you know, go to church and take time to, you know, pray or whatever you do. But it was like, that's more like God was more important than money. Yeah. For the majority of people. But then over time, like, you know, people became less and less religious and stuff. Which, personally, I think that's fine. I don't like uh, organized religion. Yeah. Spiritualities, that's a different topic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. But it's, like, the organized religion is, like, usually horseshit. It sucks, too, because, like, I do have a couple of friends that are more on the religious side, but, like, they're not the thumping trying to shove it down their throat. They're just, like, it's the thing that I like to do. A personal belief. And and, and it is, like, because, like, if you just would break it down and you look at it, like, if church, like, it is, like, a good, like know more people in your community you get you know people get together and they're trying to raise money for things in theory it's a good thing but in the actual practice it's horseshit my rule of thumb if you have to give money to your church usually you don't have to but you're kind of shamed if you don't but if you go to a church and the pastor the priest the rabbi uh whatever it is if they're driving a way nicer car than you can ever afford maybe that's bullshit. Right. If you are, and that goes with government, we know, we talked about this before, it's like, why are government employees leaving government as millionaires on their 150000 a year salary, mm-hmm. and then in two years they have $10 million? Something's fucked up. Yeah, something happened there. Uh, That's fucking dog shit, but anyway, we could rant all day on these things. Oh. What, what was our initial point here? The, um... Oh, how religious, yeah. like, so... But when people were more focused on you know, the religious aspects of things, it was, I don't know if it was ever more important than making money, but I would say it was like an even level. Well, mostly back then too, there was the, you got paid a fair wage for fair days of work. Well, we had a time period, which was great in this country. And I think around the world where it's like, because everything was so hard for so long, it's like, hey, we're going to make wrenches, you know, tools. Mm -hmm. They have to last. Yeah, if we make a car. This has got to last somebody for their life. Like we, they made things that would last mm-hmm. because that's you know 
they didn't think about, oh, if we make a car that lasts 25 years without problems, then people aren't going to need to buy new cars. Right, yeah. I mean, and that goes uh, fucking toasters, fridges, like... When's the last time you got a lifetime warranty on something? Right. Yeah, toaster, fridges, everything was made to last uh, indefinitely until, you know, and if it broke down, like a lot of times, like, oh, I bought a fucking expensive refrigerator but it has a lifetime warranty if it ever breaks down in my mm. lifetime i can get a new one no you know no fuss we don't have that now because now everything has to actually it actually went the opposite direction now we make everything so cheap that you have to buy a new one every six months every mm. year like you know how many tools i just snap in half like how do you snap in half a steel wrench or a hammer yeah. it's like what the fuck is this garbage made of and then cars don't even get me started how fucking dog shit cars are made now i just i hate everything <laughs> It just pisses me off that like we let capitalism just destroy everything. It's like, why does everything have to be so expensive? Why do we need so much shit? Why does Walmart need to be 90% stacked with shit from China that mm. nobody even buys? Or like, why is it like, oh, we, na- we made $19 billion this year. The next year, we only made $17 billion. We're failures. Yeah, well, like, what? <laughs> Me and that's profit. But meanwhile, when we started the business, we only made a couple million. <laughs> like yeah. it's like you already have m- more than enough. Like the Jeff Bezos, like what are you doing with that? Like I don't know if I'd even want that much money. I never understood the. Idea. I would feel so weird having it. I uh, yeah, that's it is a weird thing. But I never understood this whole ideology of every year or every quarter or every you know whatever has to be a record. Yeah. Like Walmart does that shit. It's like, oh, we set a new record this year in sales. And every year, if you don't meet that record or exceed it, even though you're still making, that's the thing, you're still making profit. Yeah. A crazy profit. (laughs) A ridiculous profit. But if you don't make a new record. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, well, we gotta lay off some people. We gotta cut hours. We and, gotta. It's, and it's never all, like their shit that yeah, they do. And it's, it's never come from people who are actually doing the job. You never pay the CEO less. Yeah. You don't fucking minimize their bonuses. You don't. You don't get rid of like the five managers that I don't need yeah. to, to to tell me to do my <laughs> job. Like that just sit in the back that does nothing. Hey, sorry, buddy. We had the exact same amount of profits this year that we had last year. So no bonus for you. No, they're not gonna do that. They're gonna go. Spencer doesn't need a my share every no. three months. Why are we giving him extra money? Fuck that guy. Right? He can just slave away in the fucking deli. Like, eat a dick, you fucking assholes. I just, I don't understand how we let it get this bad. And it's only getting worse. Oh, yeah. And like you said about stupid Jeff Bezos, like, we have these fucking rich overlords now that have so much money that you can't even take them down. No, like, what would you, what, like... They don't have to pay taxes, so... Get yeah, like, you get so rich that you don't have to pay taxes? How's that work? You have more money than, like, some... Countries. Countries or continents or what, you know what, like, it's it's ridiculous. I just, I don't understand. What, what, Where's the re- revolution? Like, why can't we have one? What's, like, um... What's one of, like, the, the, the Bezos things is, like, Bezos could give... Everybody on the planet, like a million dollars, and still be the richest person on the planet. I don't think that's possible. Maybe you're thinking like a dollar. I don't know. Yeah, because you can give like eight billion, eight, eight billion people now. You yeah. can give them a dollar. That's eight billion dollars. Yeah. If you gave everyone a million dollars, that's like a number I don't even. True. Yeah. Simple mathematics. Nah, I don't like math. But even so, that's ridiculous. They that give eight billion people a dollar, and that's not even a fucking dent in your wealth. And you would just get that back and tax it, or you know what I mean? Fucking Elon Musk this year lost more money than some countries ever made. Like, what? I just, I don't understand what's happening, but going back to the creative side of yeah. things, which makes it seem so insignificant. Like, right. It's just so hard when well, you- ha- well, Okay, take it back to the creative creative part of it. Just dealing with all the stuff we've just been talking about for the last couple min- minutes, It's uh, you, you look at that and you're just like, why even fucking bother? Yeah. Why bother? Because like, oh, I can make this great fucking book that people will love, but you know who's probably going to make more money off it than me? Jeff fucking Bezos probably. Like, I think that's the biggest kick in the nuts of all is the, the creators, the ones who are actually making things. And I'm not even talking about just writing and art. Like anybody, the guy who's making the tools, like yeah. whoever it is. You don't, you're not making anything. I, I write a fucking book that took me five years to write and it sells and it gets big. Even if I say, let's say I got a million dollars. Yeah. Netflix bought it. I got a yeah. million dollars. Ooh, I'm rich. They made a fucking billion dollars off my idea. Mm-hmm. They made a fucking movie of, you know, Avatar 9, like whatever. Yeah. 
Like you fucking people, like who's getting all this money? Like musicians, they they're not getting the money. No. They're getting a pittance of what they created. And then you have these produce not even the producers, like the fucking executives that don't do anything. They they make all the money. Like it doesn't make sense why why do these people exist? It's like you have this weird middleman. It's like we said you have these fucking industries that created themselves so they could profit off the people that are actual creators. Mm-hmm. And that is such dog shit that that is still allowed to go on in this day and age. Because, like, I can just sell my own work and get really rich off my ideas. Or you could pay me a very, very small amount of money and print my ideas. And then you get a lot of money. money. Yeah, You get all that money that I'm not getting if I did it myself. That used to make sense when, you know, they would do all the marketing and distribute it everywhere and all this stuff but they don't do that now no they don't do shit they put it in bookstores if you have a book like that's it they don't market it and by bookstores we just need we just mean bonds and noble because what else is there other than put it this way it's so garbage that the stephen kings and neil gaiman's of the world still have to do book signings yeah like they still have to physically go to locations and sign books to get the book out there mm. why is that a thing if the fucking publisher is doing this job of getting the book out there Maybe if you're lucky, they put the book signing list together. So it's like, hey, you go here, here, here. But it, it's just, it's so stupid. It's just a scam. Everything's a scam. And like you said, it almost makes you like, why bother? Why do I want to do this anymore? Um, I do it because of the passion of writing. Spencer mm. is deep in my loins. Yeah. It explodes from my, me- no, I'm not going to say it. I say member, but it's gross. Um, schlong? It explodes from my manhood. Don't say schlong. <laughs> And Mike, if you're fucking listening, when I walk into the book club and no one else knows what you're talking about, and you just say, hey, Caleb, how's your schlong? <laughs> and then they didn't listen to the podcast where we discussed dick names. It, came, it comes off a little weird. People looked at me like, what? How's your schlong? I was like, it's great. Thanks. Hanging to the left. It's hanging. Uh, I still think that is a great word, though. Schlong is yeah. top t- That's top tier. Yeah. That's that's A level. That's top of the pyramid. What were we talking about those? Did we say knob? Yeah, I brought up knob. knob. Okay, so that's schlong knob tallywhacker. Well, well, they know they can go listen to yeah, it. Yeah, go listen to the last episode. You get all the dick talk. You can't reiterate all yeah. the dicks. It's too long. Too <laughs> long. <laughs> and girthy. Long and uncut. That's what that episode was. <laughs> Um, do you have anything else to add to this awful topic? I uh, mean, not, we should probably like at least wrap it up in a way that makes sense. I mean, uh, probably nothing more than just be more rambling of the things that we've been saying for the past half an hour. Instead of ranting, how about real quick we come up with some kind of solution, if we can, of how you can balance, uh, maybe even better. Murders? What would be a good balance for your creative life, you think? Like, what would be an ideal day for Spencer? Let's say... You still have to factor in work yeah. and stuff, but what would be like if things weren't shitty and you got paid a good wage and you actually enjoyed your job? Let's say what would be the good creative life balance for Spencer? Um, clear fantasy. Clear fantasy would be, you know, work the, the, the nine to five there. It'd be nice to be paid enough and have enough being cared of to where you could have like... You could only like have like an extra day off. You could work four off three. That would be nice. That would be great to have that extra day. I would even do like you know four ten hours days yeah. or three twelve hour days. Something like yeah, I would do something like that to get some extra days off. I would definitely do that. And then uh, you know, doing all that, not have any you know almost no emotional breakdowns or you know anything like that. Um, Unless it's a happy emotion. Yeah, well, I mean, when's the last time? I've had a, ever have a happy breakdown? I'm <laughs> so happy. Oh, yeah. my God. I can't. That's yeah. what? Jubilation? That's yeah, a, something like that. Believe it or not, that used to be a thing. People would be happy? jubilated. Oh, wow. Yeah. Joyous. And then, I mean, it would just. It would just be the ability to be able to, because honestly, you know, like we were saying, I work out, get a little bit of reading and, you know, there. And I, I would like to be able to, like, even if it's just, like, two hours, you know what I mean? Like, if if, if you're really, like, able to focus and put the work Feeling in. Feeling like, fresh. Yeah, two hours, I think you could probably get a good, you know, if you were able to get, like, two to three hours each day, that's, you, you know, that can be a decent amount of work or editing, editing whatever, whatever it is that you need to, submitting whatever it is that you need to, 
need to be doing to work. And then the rest of the time, have the rest of the time or whatever to, you know, eating or whatever. Or uh, then to read and not feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> because, like, you know, because you're like, oh, I'm, I've, I've, I've done something to actually earn this. I don't have to be like, oh, I'm wasting my time reading this where I should be doing something else. Yeah, I don't, it's very, like, I don't know what it is really that gets, because, like, I know personally for me to try to help with this while I'm at work, I just try to give, like, the least amount of fucks as possible. <laughs> but I still find myself getting, like, like upset over something stupid that somebody else might have done, and there is get like that, and I've got a little bit of web just like wait no, no, it's just a stop job, just just stop or just like my boss get is getting on me about something, and just be like, okay, let it get done, and the old okay, just say okay until they leave you alone and mm. go under something else, and just get back onto the business that you know that you have to do. Um, but even still, with that, it's just still like I don't know, it's just. I feel like it would almost, I would have to find a different job somehow that would pay me. And like, I don't know. I, I think that's a lot of it. It's not even like, it's the job itself, not even what I have to do during the job. Mm. Like, you know, I, I don't know. What what about you? What would be your... Uh, like my ideal yeah. creative balance of life? Ideally, I would be able to wake up early and refreshed. Yeah. Maybe do a little exercise and get some writing or reading done. I kind of do that now. I have my language stuff that I do in the mornings, but, you know, I would work my job. I would like to keep it how I have it set up now where I can go to the gym on my lunch. Mm -hmm. So get like a good hour workout in and stuff and maybe even get some writing if I have time. Uh, but it would be a job I enjoy and one that doesn't physically destroy me. Yeah. And then my home balance, I would like, you know, again, uh, more writing and stuff. Uh, uh, probably set up like a nice reading time before again my life is actually set up the way i want it it's just the main thing for me is the energy mm -hmm. like my job just leaves me so drained a lot of the times where and also the five-day work week is the main thing yeah if i had a three-day work week uh because i don't know about you i get two to, i get every weekend off which yeah. a lot of people would kill for so and I used to you know i've worked two jobs for how many years yeah. so it's like i understand like i i worked years without any days off so I, I, I do appreciate having the two days off, but it's like Saturday for me is like I sleep till noon yeah. recovery day. Well, like Yeah, that's because like, I got like I got an excused work day. Like my days off are already Sunday and Monday. So it's like it's a weekend, but it's like pushed back a little bit. But yeah, yeah I'm gonna it's probably gonna be the same you like that first day it's mostly sleep yeah. and 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 relaxing and then you know then you not got shit doing to do. anything and then you feel like garbage and then Sunday I have to do all the chores and everything yeah. I need to do. And at no point do I really enjoy my life so much. Like, we go places on the weekend sometime or out to eat or something. But even though, I, was like, I always feel like I'm half there. Yeah. Like we go out to dinner or something. I'm just like, I'm kind of half there. You're having a good time. You know, you're enjoying it and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's just like, it's weird, especially when you don't get that stuff done. It's like, it's a weird, uh, like you said, like, you're there but you're not, or like, you're there, but you can't fully enjoy it as much as maybe the other people are there. Yeah. If I could work a job where I did, it was a th like Monday to Wednesday, 12-hour days, let's say two breaks and an hour lunch. Yeah. That seems fair. You know, 15-minute breaks and an hour lunch. I don't know. Because it's weird because, like, my job, I just I make my own lunch and breaks. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't have any time limit. I don't clock out or anything, which is nice, again. But uh, what I would like to do, you know, if I had it, is, like, you know, I could do whatever while I'm working, so if I can still go to the gym and stuff like that knocks out a good chunk. Because I keep bringing that up because, like, you know, if you go to the gym regularly or, like, say you're in a book club mm. or whatever it is, like, these are things that take chunks of your day. Mm. So if I'm spending an hour, hour and a half in the gym after work, that's more time I don't mm. have to do whatever I need to do, you know, creative-wise. But sometimes that helps. Like, on, on Sunday, I, you know, I've been doing just some, like, smaller... Uh, at home workouts just to try to get you know something some movement going yeah. some you know getting getting starting to get a little bit older now you know for some reason after I got done working out I got a wired hair up my ass and I just spent like four or five hours like putting away like boxes of comic books that I had that were met like you know and <laughs> and still it was like nowhere near what I needed to do but it did that also did kind of help like. It, it, like I felt better because it was 
the physical movement and stuff like that wakes you up, get the endorphins going, physical and, rush, and just and this is more probably just the me thing, or maybe the people who uh, collect books or just collect things in general. Of like, it did give me a little bit more peace of mind of like putting some of this stuff away and organizing a little bit, other than it just being like kind of like everywhere. I feel like we talked about that previously when we talked about setting up like a writing, not a routine, but like a like a writing room or like a yeah. specific place that you write a lot. Uh, clutter is a big problem that causes yeah. so much anxiety that people don't even realize. Like when you have clutter, even if it doesn't seem like if it's just in the corners of the room and it's not really bothering anything. When you actually clean that up, you're like, holy shit. Like, mm. It just feels better, you know? I wish mine was just the fucking corner of the room. Yeah, you need like another room. Yeah. <laughs> you need, well, we both need a big library, honestly. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, so, you know, I think the that's my main thing. We're both the same in that, and I would imagine 90% of the people listening, the problems work. Yeah. You're working, you're doing a job that doesn't really fulfill you, that you don't enjoy, you're not passionate about. Uh, because if it was a job you're passionate about, you would that's because you pursued that most mm-hmm. likely, and you know that's like probably what you do. It's like you know I'm not I don't need to be a writer because I am you doing, doing the thing the- you doing the thing that you love or wanted to do yeah. already. It's like I'm a marine biologist. This is what I love. If I do write, it's just as a hobby or something yeah. on the side. Or uh, you obviously have those outliers who do every fucking thing. Okay, uh, kind of like um. Benjamin Cross, he archaeologist. Yeah, he's an archaeologist, but he's had these from doing that stuff. He had these ideas that he. But he said his first book. Uh, listen to the interview, by the way, folks. Uh, he said his first book took like ten years. Took yeah. ten years to write because he was so busy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like he got like more of a desk position. Yeah. Like he works in the office more often than he can actually sit back and do some writing. But again, being an archaeologist, like that's an awesome job, right? We don't have awesome jobs. We don't have the opportunity. That's another thing. I'll end it on this to really down, make it fucking downer. I really, really despise this. Well, we all have the opportunity. <sighs> like the fucking, it's always the bootstrap people. It's like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Meanwhile, you can't afford the fucking boots. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we all have the opportunity to go and do whatever we want in life. No. You know, I'm sorry, but even if I wanted, let's say I wanted to go to a, I want to go to fucking Harvard. Spencer. Yeah. I want to be a scholar. I want to be a professor. How how am I going to do that? How am I going to get the opportunity to do right. that? I didn't have the opportunity when I was in high school. How am I going right. to do it now? Right. Yeah, if you work hard enough, uh, chances are you might be able to do stuff. But here's the thing they don't tell you. When you work super hard and you're very determined and obsessed with one goal and you're going to make it, if you look at any like rappers or actors or what, whatever celebrities that you see that have made it, but you hear about them like, you know, busting tables and they worked five jobs and they were so focused on their craft. That's all they did. Like Cormac McCarthy's a good example. So focused on writing these novels. They don't tell you that he's like divorced twice. Yeah. They don't tell you that they let their personal life go to complete oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, that's a, there's a lot of that with any kind of creative field of like, I mean, that's just fucking recently fucking uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. He fucking gave up his family, family. to play a couple more years of what, shit football. What, one more year. He fucking retired more, again. Yeah, one he more shit. He fucking retired again. Like. One more shit year of football. Like, you have these people that are obsessive, and I don't know about you, but I think there's more purpose to life and fulfillment of life than just what you could create or what you do yeah. for a job. It's like, yeah, I understand wanting to create great art, but I'm not going to... Like, if they're like, hey, Caleb, you could become, you know, the next James Joyce, the next Faulkner. You could be celebrated for eons. You could be the best ever, but you have to, you know, divorce your wife, get rid yeah. of your house. Like, y- your wife becomes this, you, your marriage becomes a shamble. You, yeah, you, like, you lose the pets. Yeah, so. you get divorced. You fucking lose the pets, everything you worked for to this point. Uh, you have to go and live in a fucking shack for a couple years, and then you get millions. You'd be, you'd be like, honestly, I don't need don't yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to give up my life. Just for one pursuit, but you honestly you shouldn't have to. Right, that's the problem with this country. Is like a lot of times, like they say, uh, writing is a profession of the middle class and up. Like poor people can't be writers because just being able to afford it. And there is, I never really believed in that, but now I think there is some truth to that because I'm up to like eighty submissions or something. Mm-hmm. I've been rejected. I don't know twenty, thirty. I don't know how many fucking times. But, like, if you looked, because I catalog how much I've been paying for a lot of submissions, too. If you're, like, poor, like, I was in my 20s, like, don't have a fucking buck to my name. Yeah. 
I couldn't have paid for submissions. No. So how am I going to get published by anybody? Uh, I couldn't afford a laptop then mm-hmm. to write on to do the submissions. Um, I had a shit phone back then. Like, if you're actually really poor, like genuinely in poverty, being, a, you know, I want to be an artist or something, how are you going to afford the fucking right. supplies? Yeah. How are you going to get the paintbrushes and the, the easel and, like, the... the Canvas books and, and there, yeah. Like, how are you supposed to work on your craft? At least writing a pen and paper, you could do that. But again, how are you gonna get published? How are you gonna get a book? To, it's just like so much fucking bullshit you have to deal with. And poverty is the biggest problem. And you don't even in this country, I don't think there really should be poor people at this point. You would think with us supposed to be the greatest quote yeah. quote unquote greatest nation on this on this fucking earth. There's just no reason why there's poor people other no. than greed. Yeah, because there's enough or, to go around, or, or at least. The amount of poor people, like okay, like I understand, like there you're probably not ever gonna ever get rid of complete homelessness. But again, a lot of that's because of mental illness. Yeah, a lot of that's because you know Reagan in the eighties shut down the fucking mental hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't have anywhere to go to get better, and then they resort to drugs and shit. Uh, that's a lot of it. It's not even like a, a unwillingness to work or inability to work. It's because they're like just mentally defunct, and they're not, you know, nobody takes care of them. And I feel like um. And now, you know, granted, I barely go outside of our state, so, but it feels like a lot of people in this country now are also just dicks to each other. Major dicks. Like, the, um, uh, like, I was watching a thing, and, you know, they were just talking about, like, uh, uh, you know, especially, like, back, uh, back in the day, like, you know, you went to, you went to war, and you got celebrated for this hero, and all this stuff, and da, 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 and then you come back with PTSD, and all these other issues, and you can't hold down a job, and then, so then you become this homeless person, and then people are screaming at, me, yeah. screaming at you, why don't you just fucking work, and da, 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 and it's like, this is the fucking guy that you were just praising to, who, put their life on their you know on the line for your safety and now that they have issues and there's no help for them and there's nothing you know well there's a very specific side that seems to follow that suit where it's like as long as you're doing stuff for us you're great yeah you know you could fight you know you could live and die for your country but we're not gonna take care of you when you come back and that's been going on for a long time you know we want ban abortion you can't have you know kill a baby before it's born but then if it is born well, we don't give a fuck it's just like you have this weird subsect it's like oh you know we go to church every sunday and we believe you should love thy neighbor and we spout all this religious shit but then if there's a poor person well, fuck off poor yeah like, we're not giving you money get away from us so it's just like a hypocritical bullshit and then again, that's like probably a very small minority of people, but they're very vocal. Yeah. And we just, with it, with social media, it's amplified to yeah, a Yeah, that's point what where, you see all the time. Yeah. And like, I know on Twitter, like I'm sent constant outrage things, like things that are going to piss me off. Uh, it's weird. I don't get anything, like any of the kinds of stuff I would follow or believe in, I never get any of that suggested to me. It's always the fucking, like, I get always these super right wing propagandists. That are always like I just get notifications for. I don't follow any of them. No, yeah. It's like why the fuck I have muted them or blocked them. And I still get this shit. It's like why am I getting only these topics? Because they want you to get outraged, and that'll be an episode for tech and that kind of shit. Hate cells. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, folks, we think that you need to have a creative work life balance, but it's so hard. Like I completely understand people who can't can't just get it together. Cause you always feel like oh, I can't get my shit together. Yeah, that's what it feels like. But it's like you don't realize how hard you're actually working all the time. Mm-hmm. And how can you maintain a 100% level of, you know, workability? You can't. It's like those... Uh, you can't you're... be efficient all the time. It's like you always see those memes and stuff where it's like, and that's supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, like uh, motivational. And it's just like, it's okay to have just made it through the day. Yeah. You know, you, you feel, you may feel you know, garbage or you didn't do anything because you didn't get that chapter written today after work like you really wanted to. And yeah, that does suck, but you can't let that bog you down for the next day. You have to try to just, just walk off and like each, you know, fresh start like each day or halfway day, halfway through the day or whenever you can try to. I feel like a lot of these influencers and motivational online people who tell you that you know, seize the day, seize every moment. You have to just grind and work harder than everybody. I feel like those people never had to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders day in, day out. 
They don't know what it's like to have fucking children at home. You're already in poverty. Everything around you sucks. Your job's terrible. You probably work a second job that's mm-hmm. terrible. Your wife probably works two jobs. Nobody's home to fucking raise the kids. You can't afford babysitters. Like, they don't... Like, how do you succeed in that environment? Yeah. And it's nobody's fault. You did what literally what we were told since birth. Mm-hmm. Go to school. Graduate. You got to do this. Go to college. Get you, all this debt. Well, that's what you, you and me lucked out. We didn't go to college. No. I tell people that all the time. I'm glad I didn't go to college because I would just have debt... And for and probably for nothing. For nothing. Because like if like you know how many people I know that got fucking degrees and they make less or this at best the, the same, same as me. Yeah. I know one person who makes like a couple grand more than me a year and they went to all the schooling and have like five hundred thousand dollars in debt. It's like what was the point? Yeah. You like I'm sorry, but that just seems like such a waste. Mm. But this is going on too. Yeah, well well, yeah. We yeah. gotta we gotta cut it off at some point, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um Maybe we'll revisit this. Well, we can't next week. We have a guest on next week. Yeah. Uh, supposedly. I'm not going to announce it because I don't, I don't know. But anyway, folks, you could check us out at DPW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and also YouTube. Spencer's only fans. I don't even remember what country you were from. Havana. Uh, Havana Hooker Humper Church. Yes. Ooh, that's yes. Rough. You didn't think I remembered. I did. Uh, can't forget. Sick dog. You dirty yeah. dog. You. You could uh, check out my stuff at calebjamesk.com. I have an updated publication history because you can find my work at Spank the Carp. Uh, you can uh, go ahead on my website. I have it listed there. Check it out. See what you think. Vote for me if you can. That'd be appreciated. Um, anyway, we thank you for listening this long if you have. And uh, Mike, don't yell slong at me anymore. <laughs> it's inappropriate. Do it. <laughs> <laughs>